And this man says, you know, I tell you right up front, I don't believe the scriptures. I'm angry at God. I don't even like to mention Jesus' name. And he was quite uh, bold in saying that. And I remember telling him, well, tell me about your story. Why did you, why do you feel that way? And so I listened to him for about a half an hour and he just poured out his story to me. And, and I finally said, well, I really appreciate that. And I think with that background, I would really be very interested in knowing what you thought specifically about the things that Jesus said. I want to help someone grow in their faith, but how do I get started? What are some practical ways to take the first step in discipling someone? Do you have a desire to invest in someone spiritually? Maybe the Lord is prompting you to spend some time with a young person, perhaps a neighbor, co-worker, perhaps someone you've met at church who has expressed a desire to grow in their faith. Or perhaps you know someone who is still on the journey of trying to figure out Christianity and is struggling with their faith. How do you take that first step in helping them? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with The Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today for this first of three podcasts with my friend and mentor, Dr. Richard Spann. Dr. Spann is a retired pulmonary physician living in Wichita, Kansas, who has invested in my life over the years, as well as many others. Richard has a wealth of experience and insight into how to pour into someone else's life on a spiritual basis. We start out today by discussing the scenario of a curious non-believer who has been referred to you by your pastor. How do you start? I have with me today Dr. Richard Spann. Richard uh, has been a mentor and friend to many, has influenced many over his years. He is a former director of the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you for joining me today, Richard. My pleasure. We wanted to cover some practical aspects of discipling others. And as we begin, let's paint a scenario. Let's say a person that you meet at church or perhaps your pastor has referred someone to you who would like to grow in their faith. How would you get started doing that? Well, I would give a personal call first on the phone. I think that's better than email or texting because you can relate a little bit, bit better. And I have the occasion just to do that yesterday, actually, with a friend and set up a convenient time for them in a place where we can communicate freely. Public place, I think, is better initially because they're less challenged by that. And find a convenient convenient time and just say, let's meet together for a cup of coffee or uh, maybe breakfast. Which would you prefer? So at their convenience, try to get together with them uh, sometime where we both may have ample time. And uh, usually tell them a little bit about myself, uh, my, my story, briefly, uh, not with anything really heavy, but a little bit of the uh, usual background, and then ask them to share a little bit of their life. And once I get to know them for about five or ten minutes, their family background, where they live, job, uh, just relate. You know, a friend of mine, the pastor, so forth, suggested that we get together, and I don't know what your thoughts would be interested would be, but what would be on your heart? What what needs do you do you have? How can we how can we uh, uh, meet and uh, perhaps uh, address some some question you would have? And so 
I spend a little time getting to know them, and you can usually tell whether or not they know the Lord at that time or the degree of hunger they have for the Lord. And before I meet with them, I would pray, and I'd pray during that time that the Lord would give me wisdom, discernment, and really be sensitive to the Spirit's leading as to the best way to approach them. I think in all meetings that I have with people, uh, I think sharing the life is very important. And the word of God is very important. And a time to pray is very important. I think the blend of those three, uh, the Holy Spirit will use. Uh, so let's say this person does, does not know the Lord. And they, they may not know even really why the person has referred them. Or uh, in those cases, I would simply ask them if they had any interest of maybe looking at the scriptures together. Would they be willing to do that? And I know I was referred one individual years ago who was heavily involved with alcoholism, had been in AA. And this man says, you know, I tell you right up front, I don't believe the scriptures. I'm angry at God. I don't even like to mention Jesus' name. And he was quite uh, bold in saying that. And I remember telling him, well, tell me about your story. Why did you? Why do you feel that way? And so I listened to him for about a half an hour, and he just poured out his story to me. and And I finally said, "Well, I really appreciate that, and I think with that background, I would really be very interested in knowing what you thought specifically about the things that Jesus said and were said about Jesus in the Gospel of John. Would you be willing to look at that with me?" And he hesitated, and he said, "Well." I'll let you know up front. I don't believe what it says is true. and uh, But, you know, sure, I could do that. So we met. And uh, even though he was angry at God, and even though he didn't believe the scriptures, and he was kind of angry at me a little bit and, and all Christians, yet he was willing to look at the, at the John together, willing to look at the scriptures. And to make a long story short, in about a year or so, he did come to faith and uh, was really a strong, bold witness for Christ. So I think the key to a non-believer is uh, their willingness to look at Scripture with you. And if they're willing to do that, the ball's in the Holy Spirit's court. And I've had numerous, numerous instances of people who either didn't believe the Scripture, had a whole lot of objections, were angry at God. But the Holy Spirit will use the scriptures in their life regardless of these things. So for a non-believer, personal time, prayer, looking at the scriptures, trusting the Holy Spirit to do his work. Paint a picture of what that looks like when you're going through the scripture with the non-believer. Would you perhaps read just a few verses and ask what he sees in that? Or what would be the dialogue that you might use? Well, let's take, for example, John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Uh, he was with God in the beginning. Um, so, so what what does that mean to you, the beginning? Or it talks about he was. It talks about he was the word. So in it, in this passage, who's who's the writer referring to? Who is the word? And then later on, in him was light, and this life was the light of men. What what is the function of light? What would it be like to be in darkness physically? You know, give light to every man that comes into the world. In what sense do you think this person, and by that time, 
we have come to the conclusion that it is Christ, the Word of God. Uh, in what sense has he, has he given light to everyone that came into the world? Or what does it say about the Word? It says three things. He was with God. He was God. He was with him in the beginning. So try to get their, their input on things. But more importantly, as you look at that together, to ask, what are your questions? What are your observations? Because those are more important than the ones that I would make or bring up to him. Because those are, those are the questions that are on his heart that might not be more important, but these are the things that he may be interested in as you look at the scriptures. So I, I try to address any issues they bring up first before I get into the questions that I might ask. Right. So the uh, point would be to meet them where they are, to see where they're coming from. And what I also hear you saying is not to be preaching at them your viewpoint on all these things. You ask them their ask questions. Quite right. I can tell them all the truths, but unless they discover that from themselves, unless they discover that through the uh, direction of the Holy Spirit, it will not make an impact. It will not be understood. It will not transform their lives. It needs to come from an inward uh, urging and uh, response to the Holy Spirit. One individual, for example, he was a patient of mine. We met at kind of a neutral location for a year and a half. And, and we were clear up to John 14 until one day he said, you know, we've been looking at the Bible here for a while, and I've finally come to the realization that Jesus has done everything that needs to be done to make me right with God. He says, is that what you believe? He, he's <laughs> incredulous with this understanding. I said, yeah, I believe that. He says, he says I didn't used to believe that. Wow. He says, I didn't boost to believe that, but now I, I, I believe that now. You, why do you think that was so? Do you think that was pride? <laughs> and I kind of chuckled to myself. I said, well, don't laugh too loud at that, I said to myself. Yeah. Uh, but I said, yeah, that's a, certainly a possibility. And uh, <laughs> he said, you know, my wife doesn't think that. She thinks that she can do what she needs to do, and that will make God happy. I, I think I need to pray for her. What do you think about that? I says, that's sure a good idea. I would pray yeah. for her. Well, but it took a year and a half for him to really come to the understanding. And during that time, we met nearly every week. We went through John. I mean, we were up to John 14. So, uh, you know, I can ask the leading questions. I Like John 1.12, what does it mean to uh, believe in him or to receive him? Uh, and I can ask those questions, but I can't force the answer. I have to wait for the Holy Spirit to give the understanding. So a person you, that you've been meeting with for some time, they come to the understanding that Jesus is the Christ, that they need to believe in him for eternal life. And perhaps you finish the book of John, perhaps you don't, depending on what the needs are to the person. Uh, what, would be, what would be the next step that you would use for that individual? I think for that individual, you know, some people that I've visited with, say, as patients over the years that are, I see them in the hospital or the office, they go back to uh, wherever they're from, in Kansas or some other state, and I might never see them again. I try to give them a little a beginning with Christ booklet, five verses, and I give them a little uh, tract like uh, Steps to Peace with God or Bridge to Life, something like that. So that will have that with them, that they can know indeed the decision they've made and they can get started on the scriptures. Uh, 
so I think they need that. They need, if they don't have a Bible, a Bible or a Gospel of John. So I would give them at a minimum the Gospel of John, beginning with Christ, and uh, a bridge to life or something like that. So they would have those. Uh, if it's a person that uh, I can have further contact with, and typically that needs to be a male, I would not meet individually with, with women. But uh, if it's a, like a patient or a partner, employee, someone like that, a neighbor, then I would want to continue to establish an opportunity to get together with them. And I would get them started in, I think it's called Growing in Christ, but it's a 13-week study where they could actually do the study, memorize the verse, and I would meet with them either weekly or, or initially maybe oftener than that, where they could have memorized that verse every week and they could get God's word in their heart and do the study and I could discuss it with them. So that's ideal is to do that 13-week study and get the scripture into their heart. I found the sooner that you can get the scripture into their heart, the, the more the Holy Spirit can speak with them. Some people are not willing or able to, to do that, either with their memory or they're a little reluctant to do that. I can get them started in reading other things. I give them My Heart, Christ's Home, or Seven Minutes with God, encourage them in reading. And in my contact with them would go over what they've been what they've been reading and looking at. And at some point soon after that, depending on their growth and, and a proximity to where I am, and if they're available and uh, have an interest, I would want to get them into some study that they could transmit or use to someone else mm. with someone else, like Everman a Warrior or uh, the Two Seven. Uh, something like that. And that may be on down the road a little bit uh, for these people after some months of getting together. But at some point, you want to build into their lives that which they can build into the lives of others. Now, let's say a person who is referred to you, again, from the pastor in your church, perhaps, who has grown up in the church, is a believer. Uh, how would you start to meet with them? Would it be similar or what are some differences? It would be very similar to start. You know, I'd give them a call and would meet, meet kind of a place, get to know them a little bit, find out their background, types of uh, things they've done in the past, their interests, and, and really the particular reason, you know, the pastor referred, but, you know, uh, did you contact him? Did he contact you? What, what is your interest? What is your desire? What, is, what have you kind of done in the past? And you have to be a, a little bit more broad in terms of what how you'd approach that person. But it but again, realizing that the way you approach him, even that he may be a more mature Christian, will be exactly the way, not exactly, but pretty much the same way he'll approach the next guy. The next guy may be somebody right off the street who doesn't know anything. And he'll he'll start them in the confessions of St. Augustine or something like that, or uh, St. Who Knows What, or something that they're personally working on. And I had a friend of mine that I've been meeting for a couple of years, a new individual asked him, um, what, what book should they do in addition to their study of, of, uh, of Everman a Warrior? And his comment was, I think that I, I love the book we're doing together, I think I might share that with him, but 
my my thought was, you know, he he. I don't think he's ready for that. Right. right. I think we need to back up at the beginning and use something. I uh, don't know where he is, but I think something like the normal Christian life, if he wants a booklet from Watchman Nee, mm-hmm. which really goes through the basics of all we have in Christ, would be a better book. So I think there's always a tendency to start where we are and use what we're looking at for us at our level and apply that to someone who's just beginning. To go back to your question, yeah. I think that I would still get them in God's word. And if they were ready, for example, there's a couple that I know from years ago, their son wanted to get together with me and to meet and to, uh, he's 28 years old, and this is about six months ago. And so we met and uh, he said, yeah, I'd really like to get together. And I said, well, what's your, what background do you have in, in God's word? What has been your exposure to that? And he'd done a little memory work, but I shared with him the importance of really getting God's word in his heart. He was open to doing the TMS, the Topical Memory System. So we've been doing that now. He's about a third of the way through that, but really growing. And I think that that is the most rapid means to grow, that I know if a person is willing to commit themselves to getting God's word in their heart. Now, whether that's you're growing in Christ or Topical Memory System, memorize the word, I don't think it matters much, but I would prefer the TMS to memorize the word to say, for example, doing like a chapter of memory. But in addition to that, to getting God's word in his heart, I'm, I'm trying always to introduce along with that the opportunity to develop in him a heart for others. So it will not be just education of his own. And in the life of this one person, We've been going through a walk with me, Bill Mary. So we're going through that as well and trying to uh, talk to him as well as he does at TMS, trying very early in my relationship with people to introduce the importance of, of relating to others. And we, we pray regularly for those that uh, he knows that he works with. And I share in my own example of things that I uh, I have found that helped me relate to others. So from example and teaching and prayer, try to really very early in a relationship establish the basis that this is not, he's not designed to be a reservoir. He's designed to be a channel of God's blessing to others. So in the the couple I meet, that's what I'm, several of them that I meet with, I'm, I'm approaching it in that regard. Are you a reservoir or a channel? You know, that's a great question. It's so easy to just sit back and continually take in spiritual truths, biblical insights, and so on. And that's all well and good, but like the Dead Sea, if you're just a reservoir, you may become stagnant. Instead, let's work on being channels of life-giving good news. You know, Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8-12, through 12, So, affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil. For laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, we preached to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. 
that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory, end quote. You know, here Paul is talking about not only the initial gospel presentation, but he's also talking about pouring into someone's life on an ongoing basis for continued growth and sanctification. Join us next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.